are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, everyone. You're listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast with John Schuster. I am merely Mike Luke. As always, the show is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is an acronym. Okay. Air big week for Arizona athletics right here. You've got, uh, excuse me, Arizona basketball. Big win over UCLA, big win over USC. And honestly, John Schuster, I came away from both games thinking that Arizona was better than both of those teams. What do you think? I'd agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it helps that you get two W's in that, but all things being equal, it appears to me just eye-testing it, mm-hmm. uh, that Arizona is Arizona has a few more weapons that it can ultimately utilize. The fact that it has talented height helps. Right. Uh, they're a little bit more well-rounded and maybe more adept at getting a basket when they need it. Mm -hmm. And maybe, to perhaps our surprise, getting a stop when they need it. Uh, So the you've talked a lot. This is a uh, a term you've used on a fairly regular basis in regards to what Arizona is, that they're a team with a pretty expanded margin of error Mm -hmm. Uh, and against two very good teams that I think have a chance to be playing in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, that margin of error was less, but it was still in play, and the Cats were able to get a W. Against UCLA, UCLA's really good. Despite the triple overtime loss at ASU, I think the long-term picture for UCLA is quite good, and they're a pain if you draw them in your tournament bracket. Um, uh, I think Arizona just feels like they've got maybe a little bit more on a neutral court that can be enough. Not Mm -hmm. by a lot, but just enough. Uh, USC I was concerned about because of USC's length and physicality and defensive ability. And it indicated through much of that game that that was a problem. Even though you had one team that scored in the mid-70s and at the end another that scored in the mid-60s, it was really a defensive grinder game. Right. Um, but just what I was a little bit surprised about, ju- again, just eye testing it and looking at it, if I didn't know either what either, either team was or the uniforms or anything mm-hmm. else, Tell me which team I think is better. And for most of the game, I thought Arizona was a better team than UCLA. Right. They looked the part a little, uh, rather USC, mm-hmm. a little bit better than USC. And did. you know, you know what's different to me about both teams is that Arizona and UCLA, like, you know, UCLA has a lot of skill. They're not quite as talented, I think, talent slash athletic um, that Arizona is, but. And I think that's a little bit where Arizona's uh, advantage comes into play. I think Arizona's got a little more skill than SC, where SC matches yeah. up with them athletically. That's probably spot right. on. Yeah, and 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 what USC did a lot in that. Remember, late in the first half, Arizona had a, had a chance to all but put that game away. Mm-hmm. They were up nine at one point. They had a couple possessions there, which right. I think they could have bolstered it into the into double figures, and instead. SC strung some things together and tied it at the break. If Arizona was going to lose that game, they were going to lose that game because of what they weren't able to do in the last minute or two of the first half. Right. And But beyond that, for most of that half, I thought Arizona was better. Right. In the second half, for most of the half, I thought Arizona was better, except for about a four to maybe six mm-hmm. or seven minute period 
uh, in from you know about minute four to minute eleven maybe right. where I thought USC was the better team, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part I thought Arizona just looked a little bit better and it ultimately turned out the way that it should. A team that looks a bit little bit better probably gets the W and Arizona was able to do that twice at McHale against and, tough teams. And what's impressive too is about how they're doing this with Benedict Matherin in a very big slump right now, um, where he just doesn't look right across the board. That to me is what's really impressive right here. Arizona has won some important games without good contributions from their two best players mm-hmm. or their two leading scorers. Right. Let's go with that. And, and, and I, thought, I think it's fair to say that's, that's a, their two best players. That's a good... That's a good position to be in because it's uh, it means that they're getting contributions from uh, unusual places, including depth off the bench, mm-hmm. which has been very good uh, for this team in the uh, in the form of Ballo, Larson, and Kyer, not necessarily in that right, order. Right. I was going to say the law firm of Ballo, Larson, <laughs> right, and Kyer, right yes. there. Yes. I want to get to Ballo there in a second, but you know what else I want to get to? Get upside. Here's the deal with get upside. Tired of paying for a lot of gas that you don't, well, I was almost say gas you don't need. You probably do need the gas. But you know what? You're saying, man, I don't want to pinch my pockets right there. So get the GetUpside app. We are a college station, not a pro station, so that means score. As, that's that's the uh, promo code. That's the promo code to, to utilize. And you know what? You put in the promo code, you will be incredibly thankful for it because you'll look around and you'll say, "Oh, Mike Luke, John Schuster." We'll be thankful for it as well, by the way. Thank you so much for doing this. That's what we're about right here, and we'll be right back with you. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. All right, Shu, what do you make of the bet? Be- what's going on with Ben Matherin? Because before we were talking about it, you know, this guy's an All-American. He's a top 10 pick. He's looked anything but the last couple weeks. I hope this is simple. Mm-hmm. And the simple aspect like is here. that maybe he's just hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that And and I think, think we've talked about this on some podcasts before, that even Arizona a little bit looked like perhaps as a, as a collective mm-hmm. was maybe in that dog day of the dog days of college mm-hmm. basketball, which is roughly the third week in January to about mid-February, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you can't, it's been a long. It's been kind of a long season. It's been right. disjoint, and you still can't quite see the tournaments in the future yet. Right. So you know, it's 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 similar to what baseball experiences in August, and there are a lot of other sports that go through this as well. You get the gist. Uh, and and I'm hopeful that that's all that Matherin is going through right now. And I feel like. I'm coming to that conclusion based on not shot selection, but where how shots are uh, landing. Mm-hmm. A lot of his stuff is short. Right. And if stuff is short, that usually means that there may be a fatigue factor mm-hmm. involved. Uh, and, and I get, yes, he's a 19 or a 20-year-old kid and, and in incredible physical shape and so on. All of that's obviously true, but... Sounds there's like something enough, that I would there's say, enough, but you know what? You're there's enough say. sample size from enough college athletes throughout the course of decades who have gone through very similar things that that this isn't like a unique situation. So what I'm hopeful for is, uh, and, and Wildcat fans maybe as well, is that it's something as simple as that. He just needs to get a second win, snap out of it, and get back on track. The good news here, I think, at least potentially, mm-hmm. is that we have seen him go through slumps, and then instantaneously turn it on again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and so I'm hopeful that that's something that can happen again where Matherin gets back on track and it just helps Arizona's offensive flow a little bit better. Because consider, during this sequence where Arizona has won a lot of games, mm-hmm. uh, 
It, you, this, up until about three weeks ago, was a team that was scoring mm-hmm. 90 points a game and was first or second in the country in scoring. Right. Since then, they've scored closer to 75. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, their defense has been excellent. As a result right. of their defense being excellent, they've been able to win a lot of these games, most of these games. Right. But you feel a heck of a lot better if your team's scoring 90. For sure. Instead of your team is scoring 75. And right. Matherin is a guy who we've seen at least early in the season who we know can get hot and string some buckets together in bunches and maybe occasionally when Arizona struggles in the half court get them through some rough patches. Yeah, and all right. Azulis Tabellis, uh, Casey Jacobson made the point that, you know what, he still has no lift, no explosion. I agree with all of that. This was a game, though, that he started to look better, though, for sure. I mean, I think he had 18 and 10. Um, but... The, Mike, Boy, that was deceptive. That was a very I would deceptive. not have I, guessed I, I that he had either, either of those I, I I had no clue on that one either. Um, my pro, my, my, the thing that's made Azulis Tabella so good, though, over the years has been his ability to kind of finish down low. And right now, that's been somewhat negated there, Shoe. And I think that's 100% because of the ankle that's inside of his shoe. By the way, this is something that we uh, um, don't get into a lot. Um, but I thought listening to Casey Jacobson, versus a lot of the television broadcasts that we Bill get. Walton. Yeah. Was so much more refreshing. Well, because, because here's Jacobson, the thing. Real quick, I'm going to go okay. on a quick little rant, and then sure. I'm going to let you have your thing. Here's the thing. I understand why they have Bill Walton out there. He brings eyeballs. I get it. But this isn't, first of all, that's not really Bill Walton. You and I have talked about this. Bill Walton puts on this thing. Bill Walton didn't used to talk like that 25 years ago when he was on NBC. The problem that I have with Bill Walton, and that's generally who I'm talking about here, is... I'm, all right, fine. You want to throw them on Arizona, Washington State, or whatever, fine. But on big time games, I want to see. I want to hear some analysis of actually what's going on. Casey Jacobson brought that there, she. And, and that's what I appreciated as well. There, there was some insight behind the scenes a couple of times, and uh, an understanding of what was going on on the court that I thought was informative as well. That provided a little bit more information in regard to the mm-hmm. game that was actually taking place in front of us as right. opposed to how nice the cacti are right. uh, at so- we Soro National Park. Right. Uh, and I understand that a lot of that is basically a Chamber of Commerce act for the glory and the wonderment of the West Coast and the conference as a, uh, as a whole and all the variety and the rest of it. And I get that ESPN believes it's viable because they keep doing it and it must be good for numbers. But again, I thought Jacobson, uh, J- Jacobson's insight in the Fox broadcast was very helpful and I enjoyed the change of pace. Mm, yeah, 100%. And one of the things he said, back to your point, was in, in, in regards to, his, to Tabella's inability to get lift. And... That is obvious. It's great to be 6'10", mm-hmm. but you have to have a little bit of athleticism to go with your craftiness. Right. He's a very crafty inside player, but if he's not playing at full strength, a lot of that can be uh, negated as well. And that's been a problem, uh, you know, for most of the last two weeks. It has been interesting that Arizona has had Tabella struggling because of, I, I think it's clear he's struggling because of the injury, uh, which we hope gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Matherin is struggling for whatever reason, and Arizona still being able to win games. It's a lot more in a grinder way than it has been in the past, but, it's, but, but, but maybe that's good for Arizona once we get into March. Absolutely. You know what else is also good for everybody out there, and that is Built Bar. Here's the thing. You look at the more physically imposing teams in the country, and you're thinking to yourself, man, that's Built Bar, right? I mean, the, how do they get like that? I don't think there's any question. Because Bilt Bar, 
I mean, I mean, you look at it and you're saying to yourself, all right, and that's where I'm going with right there. What do you think, John Schuster? USC looks like they got guys that consume Bill Park. Well, without a doubt. Uh, you know, if you are if you want to line up your NIL right now, yes. these guys prob- prob- probably are doing it on the fly, and they know it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. We know it's beneficial. Most importantly, you know it's beneficial because we've talked on this podcast just how beneficial it is. If you're listening in the Tucson area, GNC, Go down to GNC, get some Built Bar, and give it a go yourself. Right. Yeah, it's really that easy. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. All right, Arizona ASU tonight. Who you got, John Schuster, and why? I've got Arizona, although I think there are times where it could be another grinder. Mm -hmm. ASU has played very spirited basketball and, of course, got a huge upset uh, for them and as far as the conference as a whole is considered with a triple overtime W in Tempe Saturday night. That was a, I mean, good on them. They've played much better over the course of the last two or three weeks, and it's not indicative of their overall record. Their mm-hmm. overall record with seven wins is perplexing, frankly, right. based on the way that they have played lately. So, so they have athleticism, and, they, and, and that has surprised me, to be honest. If you see a six-win basketball team out there, you say, well, okay, they suck. Right. And the other, but, General, yeah, they yeah. suck. And, You're thinking of looking at those, some of those vintage uh, Oregon State teams. And you eye test them a little bit and say, wait, they're... That's how what? Right. How are they a six win team? Now right. seven win team. And uh they they were they were surprisingly tough against Arizona. They grinded out and almost upset USC mm-hmm. uh and then and, and then caught UCLA. This has been a difficult patch for ASU. Yeah. You're talking about Arizona. You ain't USC, not, UCLA, and Arizona wow, again. You're not kidding on that and, one. And as much as we're talking about Arizona having to play, again, three games in five days. Well, so does ASU. Right. And right. those games have been nasty. Right. And they're going to get another one. My guess is that since Arizona's a little bit better, that helps, uh, obviously. Yeah. I think but I think there's thing. a chance this could be a reasonably close game for about 30 minutes, and then the triple over, the fatigue from the triple overtime game is going to catch up to ASU, and the Cats are going to be able to pull away late. So I would put the score at somewhere in the neighborhood of 82-66, but a lot of the game might feel a little bit closer than that. All right, so you know what? I'm going to go with a similar type prediction right there. I'm going to go Arizona 83, ASU 61. All right. Take it to the bank. You've been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.